There is that old caricature or con cartoon picture of the one-man band, you know, where he has the guitar hanging over his shoulder and a bass drum strapped to his back so that every time he walks or stomps, he keeps the beat of the song. And then hanging around his neck is a trumpet, a kazoo, a harmonica, switching between all of them. And when he shakes his hips, you hear bells. When he kicks his leg out to the side, there is a cymbal. He even has a banjo where he switches off between that and the guitar. It is quite the spectacle. And the modern day version of the one-man band is more technological. That you can record yourself playing an instrument and then play it back, playing a different instrument and recording it over the original track where you could be the singer, guitarist, drummer, and backup vocalist on one song. And as impressive as that is, something is missing. The interplay with others, the harmony of different voices. It is like the gifts of calling and community. As T.S. Eliot writes, what life have you if you do not have life together? There is no life that is not in community and no community lived Without the praise of God, even the anchorite who meditates all alone, for whom the days and nights repeat the praise of God, praise for the church, the body of Christ incarnate. When Moses heard the calling of God, he stood on holy ground in more than one way that he was out there in the field tending to his father-in-law's sheep when he heard that voice and he turned to the side and he saw that bush full of flames and yet it was not consumed. And then the voice said, Moses, take off your sandals. You are standing on holy ground. And God called to Moses because God had heard the cries of the people in Egypt. God looked down and saw their misery. So God sends Moses to stand before Pharaoh and say, let my people go. That Moses was called to go to the people, to stand with them, to walk beside them. That not only did Moses stand on the holy ground next to the burning bush, but also on the holy ground of people's lives. It is the place where we discover our 
calling. And in Paul's letter to the Romans, there is that long list of things to which we are called. That we are called to let love be genuine. To hate what is evil. To hold fast to what is good. To love one another. To outdo one another in honor. To rejoice in hope. To be patient in suffering. To persevere in prayer. To contribute to the needs of the saints. To show hospitality to the stranger. To bless those who persecute you. To rejoice with those who are rejoicing. To weep with those who weep. To live in harmony with one another. To associate with the lowly. To not repay evil for evil. To live peaceably with all. To never avenge yourself. And if your enemy is hungry, give them food to eat. If your enemy is thirsty, give them water to drink. Do not overcome evil with evil but with good. It is enough for a lifetime. And if we read through that list carefully, we will notice you cannot do any of those things alone. There is always interaction with others that in order to love one another or show hospitality to the stranger to weep with those who weep to associate with the lowly to live peaceably with all we cannot do any of those things by ourselves that we need others to do them that it is the holy ground on which we find our calling. As the church, our calling is found at the intersection of our lives and the lives of others. And I sat down this week and I tried to describe the calling of the church. Thinking about what is it that matters the most? That we cannot do everything, so what are the things that we are called to do? And it's not a complete list, but I think we are called to listen, learn, and follow the ways of Jesus, who is our source for our ever-expanding and always-deepening understanding of God. And as such, when we look at the life of Jesus, we are called to teach, love, and celebrate our young people. That we are called to care For the poor and the vulnerable. Standing with them and standing up for them. That we are called to celebrate with joy everything that is good in this world. 
And we are called to share the journey of faith with others. And we are called to help each other live well and to die well. And we are called to comfort each other when we grieve. And we cannot do any of those things by ourselves. It is the holy ground on which we find our calling. That it is, as Howard Thurman writes, for better or for worse, God and I, God and you are bound to one another. And I cannot be what it is that I must be if between you and me, between you and God, there is no community. However far ahead of himself, the turtle puts his two front feet. He cannot move his body unless he moves his hind legs as well. That the church does not move quickly. So perhaps the image of a turtle is fitting. And it cannot move its front legs unless it also moves its back legs. That we respond to our calling together. And choosing our friends is different from choosing our church. That in a world that is marked by individualism, oftentimes we gravitate to those who are like us. They are the people that we meet up for lunch during the week because the conversation's just so easy. We think alike. We can finish one another's sentences. Everything is in line with one another. But a community of faith is different. There's always mixed company in community where there are those who are different from us. It's more like meeting someone for lunch when they are a vegetarian and we are not. And all of a sudden we have to think ahead about where we are meeting them and what's on the menu so there's something for everyone to eat. That we need people in our lives who call us to think more deeply, that widen the circle of who we are, that teach us how to love one another, how to show hospitality to strangers, how to weep with those who weep, how to associate with the lowly, and how to live peaceably 
with all things that we cannot do by ourselves. And when we stand on that holy ground, we discover far more than we anticipated. There's a scene in the movie, The Buddy Holly Story, about that legendary rock and roll band, Buddy Holly and the Crickets, where they are recording a song in their garage, and they sit down and they replay that recording, and in the background they hear an actual cricket just picked up on the recording. Well, the movie reports that's how the band, the Crickets, got its name, which is not true. It's just the magic of Hollywood. But like many stories in movies, it's based on something that is true. That when Buddy Holly and the Crickets was recording that song, I'm Gonna Love You Too, in 1957, and they replayed the track back, there was an actual cricket on the song, which is so fitting because they were the crickets that at the very end of that track, as the song starts to fade out, you can hear the cricket start to chirp. And since the cricket was on beat, they left it in the song. It was not anticipated. But it was so fitting. And those type of beautiful, serendipitous moments happen in community with one another. Where we are learning how to love one another, to show hospitality to strangers, to weep with those to weep, to associate with the lowly, to live peaceably with all. We find these unexpected but fitting sacred gifts. It's like standing next to the burning bush and wondering why it is not consumed, that in community with others we will wonder, how could I find such a deep connection with someone so different from me. Or we might wonder, how did I become this patient on the process when I have not been this patient in the past? Or we might wonder, how could I find such joy in something so challenging as we work together as a community of faith? It is unexpected, but it is so fitting that those are the gifts of community where we will take our shoes off 
Because we are standing on the holy ground of people's lives. Amen.